You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Election College, episode number 311. John F. Kennedy, part two. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for election college, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Jason, we're back. We're back talking about JFK for the second out of however many episodes this is going to be. Yeah. I have no idea where this is going. Yeah, it's a wild ride because JFK is a huge figure and a huge life and a huge death for that matter. So, I mean, he has a lot of influence in our uh, in our culture and definitely going to talk about that more. But first, I want to talk about you, Jason. You're, you're in a new place. You're, you're moving all around the country. I am. I moved all over the country... <laughs> I was supposed to come visit you, but I know, yeah, that kind of stank. We had a, a little bit of an issue with the landing gear, and if you don't know what landing gear is, that's the thing that holds up your RV. And yeah, I broke it. Basically, there was so much pressure when I was retracting the landing gear that it snapped this big old pin like a thick thing it snapped in twain and it took a couple of days for it to come in of course there was the guy at the campground who offered to help and then proceeded to tell me that i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> and then well, he was like, right well i don't but it's one thing <laughs> to tell somebody they don't know what they're doing but it's another thing to be like hey i'd love to come alongside you and help you out a little bit right he wasn't like that. He said, well, when it comes, when the part comes in on Wednesday, I'll help you. Of course, he didn't. And he didn't even come over for me to be like, hey, buddy, look, I fixed it myself. Right. How dare he? I know. But I will tell you, I'm getting better at this. I didn't have to go back and forth to the store. Like, I had the parts. Nice. So if anybody needs help with their landing gear and I'm at your campground, I promise I'm not going to make you feel like an idiot. When I, when I heard that your landing gear was messed up, I was trying to figure out what landing gear was because I thought that was like only on planes, but I looked it up and I get it. That's what makes Googling things really difficult because then yeah. you have to, you don't know the names of the stuff. Like right. there's this Teflon plate that you put on your hitch and it's called a lube plate. Uh-huh. I never knew that. Yeah. A loop plate. I never would have known that had you not just told me. It's like learning vocabulary all over again. Mm -hmm. But there's the only test is that if a jack falls and you know crushes you. Yeah, that's a bad thing. It's not good. My, uh, growing up, I always my dad and I always worked on cars, and you know anything that was wrong with our cars, we fixed. And 
I helped him a little bit work on his hot rod. And so like I had become accustomed to calling things by certain names. And now that I like, you know, have my own home and, um, you, you know, work on my own cars or have to diagnose things on my own. It's really funny, like going to YouTube to look up a tutorial on something because that didn't exist, you know, when mm -hmm. when this was happening for me. And now I go and I'm like, why did they just call that a totally wrong name? Because that's not what I call it. And then you look it up and that was the right name. And I was calling it the wrong thing all along. Yeah. I knew what I was talking about, but nobody else did. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know the names of the things that I'm getting. I do know that it was the lead side, which is the side that the motor is on. Uh -huh. And if a bolt snaps, that's actually a good thing because a bolt snapping into is like the fuse box of the torque industry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that makes sense. And, and so if something snaps, it means, oh, there's something else that's wrong. It's not just that you have a weak bolt. Right. And when that happens, you need to just stop, think about it. And I was so stinking proud of myself, though. I had, I had like three jack stands set up and a jack and then another safety device. I was set. Nice all for macho man to come back and be like hey i'm here to help and meet for me to go ha, 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 i fixed it and he never came he never came well i'm proud of you too jason i uh i had scheduled some time to make sure i was going to be around when you were here and then when i found out you weren't going to be here i you i was like oh i'm going to have free time now like free time without anything to do what am i going to do and then as soon as i as soon as i knew it my schedule filled back up so it worked out that you couldn't make it, although I was sad not to see you. But anyway, that's just life. Here we are around our virtual kitty table. I'm in Michigan now, and I'm at this campground that used to be owned by a cult. Yes, you told me about this. Yeah, and it is absolutely crazy. A lot of the buildings that the cult built are still here, and I'll probably tell you a little bit more about it. I'm here for a month. Yeah. And what you need to know is they had... Um, the baseball team and the leader of the cult is buried in the house. Yeah. Creepy. Yeah. That's All right, what you well, do when let's... you're a cult leader. <laughs> yeah. We might as well get into talking about JFK now. People are probably bored about hearing about our personal lives and landing gear and all that stuff. So yeah. Oh, well, I would yeah. be. Yeah. So as Jason mentioned, I think briefly in the last episode, if he didn't, I imagined it. But either way, uh, Joe Kennedy, uh, John's older brother, was kind of the guy that they thought was going to be next in line for the presidency, or at least the next guy to run for the presidency. But he passes away. He, he uh, passes away in 1944 during the war. And they say, well, Jack, you're going to you're going to be the guy now because somebody in our family is going to be the president and it might as well be you now. Yeah. So dad says, Hey, James, Michael Curley, vacate your house of representatives seat, your congressional seat, because you need to become mayor. That's what you need to do, buddy. Go do it. I'm a party boss. And like a boss, he convinced him. So Curley, he goes, runs for the governorship, and dad says, hey, son, go. 
go forth and run. You are the new generation and you are the leader that the new generation offers. And guess what happens? He being John F. Kennedy wins the Democratic primary with 12% of the vote. Get this. There were 10 other candidates for a congressional seat. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He takes 73% of the general election vote. He, Joseph McCarthy, Richard Nixon, they are several World War II veterans that get elected to Congress. So he serves in the House of Representatives for about six years, and he's on a few committees while he's there. Uh, but he ended up kind of turning his attention mostly to international affairs. Uh, was very in support to the Truman Doctrine. Uh, you know, the Cold War is happening around this time, and that's especially relevant. And he is kind of, you know, he's... He, the, the labor unions are a fan of him because uh, he stands up against some things that would weaken their power, uh, weaken their their position, I, I guess you could say. And, you know, he's really kind of making a name for himself as he moves through. And as early as 1949, so just a couple of years after he gets into to the House, he starts trying to gun for the Senate. And he starts preparing to run in about 1949 for a seat that's not even open until 1952. So the person he's running against is Henry Cabot Lodge Jr. We've talked about him in the past, and I'm sure we will in the future as well. He'd been in for a long time, three three terms at this point, and dad comes along with with the money and the experience. He's managing the campaign. Uh, he is financing the campaign. And this is where we're kind of introduced to his brother, Robert, as well. And uh, Kennedy ends up winning. He defeats Henry Cabot Lodge by 70,000 votes for the Senate seat and promptly has a few spinal operations, you know, after all that. Uh, all the problems with his back and his physical problems that we talked about in the last episode uh, there, you know, he's getting a little older now and not, not old by any means, but a little older now. And he's starting to have to get some respite from those troubles. Yeah. Kind of interesting about that 1952 election because Ike won the presidential part of the ticket in Massachusetts by 208,000 votes. So there were a lot of people who voted Ike and Kennedy uh, for the Senate. Not not a lot of uh, straight ticket voters in that election. Yeah. JFK is recovering in 1956 from his time <laughs> being ill, and he publishes his book, Profiles in Courage. And that book, we've referred to that a couple of times. Mm -hmm. It's a, basically a biography about famous U.S. senators who risk their careers for their personal beliefs and he wins the pulitzer prize for biography in 1957. a lot of people were like hey buddy we know that you wrote this book with your buddy ted Sorensen," and Sorensen said in 2008 yeah you're right i did i bought that book probably when i was in junior high or high school I, it wasn't new or anything i bought it um you know that thrift store or something never did read it though i think i still i think i even know where it is um but i still have yet to ever read that book wow need to get on know. that i know i do it's true 
I've read excerpts, but that doesn't count. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Yeah. We tried. <laughs> so the 1956 Democratic National Convention rolls out, uh, rolls around, and Kennedy is up on stage to give the nominating speech for Adlai Stevenson. And, of course, Stevenson, you know, we talked about him, and we'll talk about him again, I'm sure, at some point, ends up uh, saying to the convention, go ahead, pick the vice presidential nominee. Well, Kennedy was there, but he finished second. Um, Senator Estes Kefauver, uh ends up winning first place. Now, I think you'll probably know that Adlai Stevenson did not win, therefore, neither did Kefauver. And Kennedy is still around, still getting his name out there a little bit. And it's not long before he is reelected to a second term in the Senate. And uh, pretty almost a million votes separated him from his opponent. Yeah. And you get his uh, press secretary, Robert E. Thompson. He says, hey, buddy, we need to have a film put together because that's what we do because you're kind of the man now you're you're becoming the standard bearer for the youth movement especially in the democratic party so they put together this film it's called the u.s senator john f kennedy story and it shows the day in the life of jfk all about his family all about his time in the senate and this helps him launch his candidacy in 1960. He's a big beneficiary of his dad's efforts because his dad's like, hey, you know, Senator Joseph McCarthy, he's going to work for you. And you know, Bobby Kennedy, your brother, he works for McCarthy's subcommittee. So it all works out, right? Especially when McCarthy dates Kennedy's sister, Patricia. <laughs> anyway, a whole lot going on there, but he gets a lot of support from the liberals, the Democrats, including her ladyship herself, Eleanor Roosevelt. He gets her support in 1956 and in 1960. Da da da! On January 2nd, 1960, Kennedy says, Hey, people i'm running for the democrat presidential nomination and that he does uh with the 1960 election um he's still a really young guy uh especially for being president and so he announces that he wants to run and a lot of people are like okay so so you're like a one and a half term senator and you served in the house and you're like 15th uh okay not really 15 but People don't like him for that reason, because, you know, he's young and su- supposedly inexperienced, but he is charismatic and that gets him a lot of support. What doesn't get him a lot of support is the fact that he is Roman Catholic and the country essentially is, you know, kind of terrified that, well, if, you know, a, a Catholic gets in office, then the Pope's going to be running the, the country. But Kennedy was very good in getting the word out that he was very much in favor of the idea of separation of church and state. Uh, 
it also helped that he was Catholic because there are a lot of Roman Catholics in the United States, especially. And so that gained him a lot of support as well. And up until this point, he's the only Roman Catholic person to uh, be, I think, I think I'm right on this. He's the only person to be a major party nominee who is Roman Catholic, which, you know, he'll go on to be the only president to be Roman Catholic as well. But that getting ahead of myself. He has a few people that are really uh, interested in running against him for the nomination. You've got Lyndon Johnson, who is the Senate majority leader at the time. You've got Senator Hubert Humphrey. And you've also got Adlai Stevenson, uh, who is no stranger to the show. So he goes out and he gets a lot of support but, uh, between like different people who are high up in the Democratic Party, as well as just regular uh, Joe Schmo voters that are out there. And they've already, the Democratic Party, if you're familiar with the idea of delegates and superdelegates and stuff like that, they've got a lot of delegates that are already supporting him that have basically said, we're going to, to vote for you regardless because of your stature and your dad's stature and also his money. But there are some primaries and Kennedy is really focusing on winning those primaries to to kind of boost his chances of getting the nomination for the presidency. Yeah, he ticks off the labor unions when he selects Johnson as his running mate because, you know, they considered Lyndon Baines Johnson the arch foe of labor. But Kennedy's like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to win Texas because I chose Johnson. Get it? Yeah, And everybody's like, yeah, okay. And, you know, people are giving him a hard time, especially Richard Nixon, who he faces in the general election. And Nixon's like, hey, you're really going to vote for a Catholic person? And Kennedy so eloquently says, I am not the Catholic candidate for president. I am the Democratic Party candidate for president, who also happens to be a Catholic. I do not speak for my church on public matters. And the church does not speak for me. Boom. So yeah. there is a little bit of a separation there between church and state, as he was big on. And they square off in the debates, Kennedy and Nixon. We've talked about that before. Oh, yeah. You know, sweaty, sweaty Richard Nixon. Sweaty. Did not do him any favors Richard on Nixon. television. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. I mean, Nixon was ahead in the polls, and it turns out that Kennedy wins it by a squeaker and a, you know, a few dead people voting for him. Oh, I don't know. Do you think dead people voted for Kennedy? If there is such a thing as dead people voting, I'm sure this is that it has always happened in one way or another. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of quaint, right? You know, huh? Kennedy won. He won Illinois because a bunch of dead people voted for him. You never hear about that anymore. No, never. I'm sure it goes both ways, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he's 43 years old. Dude. I'm going to be 43 soon. You could I'm, be the president. I'm nowhere close to being president. No. You just need to have more money and a good family name that everyone knows got the family thing going on well yeah it's also interesting to me jason whenever the the primary is happening and, and the the selection is happening 
Kennedy is really worried about the fact that if he doesn't get nominated on the first ballot, that there could be a second ballot that would definitely give the nomination to someone else, maybe Johnson, maybe someone else entirely. When's the last time, and this is a legitimate question, I don't know the answer, when is the last time a nomination convention has gone to, like, we didn't know who was going to win going into it? Oh, man. Like It's been a long time. Ago? What's that? When you didn't know who was going to win? Yeah. I mean, we didn't know in 2016, right? We didn't know what? Who was going to win. Are you talking about the primary? I'm talking about the primaries, yeah. Oh. Yeah, like after all the primaries are done and oh, they go yeah. to the convention, like when's the last time that we didn't know going into the convention who was going to win the, the party nomination? Oh, jeepers. I don't know. I know. It seems like that, you know, it used to be a real wild card. Somebody could go in without even thinking about running and come out, you know, at the end of the convention and, and be the nominee. And now it's like... We pretty much know who's going to be the nominee going into the convention. There's always the possibility of a wild card, but it's really, you know, usually tied up before that actually takes place. Yeah, true. Hmm. Well, we'll talk about what happens in the election. Maybe. What happens after the election when he assumes the presidency. But somebody's going to say, wait, wait a second. Roosevelt, he was the youngest president. Well, that's just because McKinley was assassinated. Theodore Roosevelt became president at the age of 42, but he didn't win the election. Right. So just a clarification on that. And uh, another clarification is, well, it's time to go. Yeah. That's always sad when it's time to go. I know. It doesn't have to be sad because we have like 311 episodes. You can just keep listening to us talk if you want for days on end, I'm sure. Uh, but what you could do in the meantime while you're while you're listening to us over and over and over again is leave us a review on iTunes. Um, we really like it when we get nice reviews. It's nice to see them. It's nice to imagine you sitting there typing them up just, you know, with a smile on your face thinking about Jason and Ben. Uh, we like that. It, that's not creepy at all, what I just said. So go ahead, go over to iTunes, leave us a review, and we will appreciate it. Yeah, and if you break a metal object in your house, like a landing gear on your RV, you can head over to Amazon and buy a new one and support the podcast while you're doing it. All you have to do is go to electioncollege.com slash Amazon, and you'll be helping a couple of cousins out. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time with part three of JFK. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.